you're listening to the Saluki Gamescast. This is episode 57 for Friday, October 6, 2023. My name is Justin Young. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Alicia Utech and O.J. Duncan, and we have a special guest this week for the first time, uh, a new faculty member here in Communication Studies, Dr. Christina Ivey. Yay! Hey, Christina. Uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about maybe um, your background and what it is that you uh, teach and research. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am primarily a queer scholar. Uh, te- like I really dive into queer identity, uh, queer spiritualities, things like that. Um, a couple of my papers have been about, well, they're not published yet because it's <laughs> that, that part of academia where they're sitting in queue waiting <laughs> for me to actually give them attention again. But a um, couple of papers over, you know, queer gaming, queer identity within gaming. And um, uh, one of them explores like the way we tell queer stories within gaming, things like that. So, um, really, I'm just a big old queer. <laughs> that's, that's how I. That's how I tell people who also games. Yes, exactly. I'm a gamer, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we we talk about the gamer awards each year yeah. when they have those. Um, so, tell us, you know, for people listening who maybe we try to bring this up on the show and everything when, mm-hmm. you know, particularly there's a game that focuses on those sort of like uh, queer messaging mm-hmm. or, uh, or characters, but like what, what sort of games are you looking at? What are, are per, of particular interest to you? Yeah. Uh, so for me, like a lot of the things that I study uh, with queer gaming uh, tend to end up being horror games, honestly. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a really rich history in queer theory about um, that connects queer folks to horror simply because queer folks see themselves in the the villain often simply because like you know a villain is someone that we we. I don't know, cast as the other and, and, and people fear them for reasons that are often like unknown to the general public, right? They go against the norm. They're often misunderstood, right? And so the way and that, that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is oh like God. so yes. over the top. Yes. <laughs> if you have never seen the documentary Scream Queens that talks about that film, I cannot recommend it enough, especially for spooky season. It I is, was just thinking, I was like, this is perfect for spooky season. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, but yeah, so so uh, a lot of the, the games that I end up looking at end up being horror games for that reason, just because it, it crosses over there's a there's a the couple of games by um indie uh game creators that that are uh a little inappropriate <laughs> we cannot talk about um one of them is called like showering with dad <laughs> so you know shh, shh, it's okay um but uh, mostly yeah it's it's a lot of of horror gaming so what what are some of those horror games? Uh, so right now, and this will like I'll, I'll talk about this game here in a minute when we talk about like what we're <laughs> playing, but um, like things like Dead Dead by Daylight, okay, for example, um, that's that's kind of one of the papers in my queue that I'm that I'm working on at the moment. Um, a lot the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game mm-hmm. that that's recently come out. I'm really excited for the the. Oh, what is it? The Killer Clowns from Space that's coming out. So mm-hmm. a lot of the the asymmetrical horror games, um, I think, would, would fall a lot into that to that category for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's 
really interesting. <laughs> like, um, so you've talked a little bit about kind of the type of games and everything, but maybe tell us a little bit about kind of your history with gaming. Like, how, you know, how did yeah. you get into gaming as a kid? And, uh, and you know, maybe the sort of games that you like to play. Now. Sure, absolutely. So my history of gaming goes back to when I was like first born, actually. Uh, my <laughs> Were you born with a Game Boy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, I'm a little older than that. Um, more like um, my my dad told my mom, was like, oh, I, I need to go get this new gaming system for our daughter. And my mom was like, um, She's one. <laughs> and so, but he, he went out and got a, a, an SNES, right? An original Nintendo. And um, so I've always had a gaming system in my house of some kind. I remember, um, so I had that in the house. And again, horror games. I had Nightmare on Elm Street. I had the, the Friday the 13th game that I played as, again, a two or three <laughs> year old child. And I was like, yeah, these are great. Um, I remember the excitement when my uncle, who is only like 11 years older than me, brought over his PlayStation and, and showed me Resident Evil for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and how scared I was when that you know, you see the first zombie and it turns around. Mm -hmm. I, I, I peed myself. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, it was, it it's was a great moment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not quite as great <laughs> as when the dog jumps through the window uh, the first oh time. My, again, another pee moment. Um, yeah. uh, basically I just wore a diaper the entire, <laughs> the entire run of that, of that game. Um, we also had uh, a Nintendo 64, of course, what I consider to be the greatest console of all time. <laughs> uh, and, and that was how my sister and I settled arguments. We would play um, <laughs> either Smash Bros. or um, Mario Kart uh, to, to see who was going to do the dishes. Right? <laughs> um, and then when PS2 came out and Kingdom Hearts came out, my little emo heart, like right? <laughs> right? Uh, my, my emo heart was complete. Um, but yeah, it's, I've always had some kind of system in my house. It's, it's been a way of like, of, of negotiating relationships of, uh, honestly, like, uh, my home life was not the greatest. And so it was a, it was a way for my sister and I to, to be like in a room away from <laughs> our parents. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I've had a, a, a very, uh, long loving relationship with games. <laughs> That's great. Um, I for obviously our listeners, mm -hmm. um, you should have seen the look on both Christina and Alicia's face when Kingdom Hearts got brought up. <laughs> <laughs> there, I think there's a way you can like judge uh, game fans by how they respond to Kingdom Hearts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain type that's really into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it was that. W that was my first uh, exposure. So even though I had a PS2, I didn't play the Final Fantasy games. Like I just I just wasn't exposed to them because I had mostly played Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was my first exposure to that type of gaming. And it, uh, of course, I don't know if it's me being gay or just being uh, like neurodivergent. I don't know, but I fell in love with it. <laughs> no, that, that was the one, that was the ones for my sister and I, that was one of the big ones where when we had half hour turns mm -hmm. on the on the PlayStation, she played Kingdom Hearts one, I played Kingdom Hearts two, and we would Aww. just trade off every I, thirty minutes. I love that. Yeah, my sister and I played a lot. Like we, um, for whatever reason, she was really good at bosses, and I was good at puzzles. So when we did when we played Resident Evil, she like I would get us through the the mansion, and she would figure out like 
uh, all the, the, the different big bosses that we go through. I remember playing Banjo-Kazooie and, uh, like, me getting through most of the game and then for whatever reason not being able to to, to beat the final boss, and she sits down and gets it in the first shot. <laughs> I, was, I was so mad, of but course. also I was like, you know what, as long as it's beat. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's always interesting. Like, if you have a sibling, how many games become co-op that mm-hmm. aren't actually co-op that you yeah. like sort of create them into co-op games? For sure. Um, yeah, uh, in my house, it was pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are happy to have you on board uh, for the podcast this week, and obviously happy to have you uh, joining the faculty mm-hmm. here at yeah. SIU and Com Studies in particular. Um, all right, well, um, why don't we just go ahead and jump right into what we've been playing, unless somebody really has something they want to share about their week. I know Alicia's going to tell us it's that time of the semester. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not, is the thing. <laughs> oh, I was going to wow. be like, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday was definitely that time of the semester, because it was raining, and it was gross out, and my umbrella broke in the rain. <laughs> but today, the sun is shining, it feels starting to actually feel like fall mm. instead of summer. <laughs> Today, I'm happy. <laughs> I feel like yesterday kind of felt like fall. <clears throat> it just no. downpour constant. <laughs> no, it's, downpour it's is sad spring. Part of fall. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair. fair. <laughs> <laughs> I always hate when there's just a downpour because there's always something going on on campus mm-hmm. that I want mm-hmm. to go to. <laughs> and yep. I'm like, I don't want to walk in this. <laughs> yep. Then I feel like I'm a child for <laughs> caring about getting wet. No, like I had a therapy appointment yesterday in one of the buildings on campus. And they were like, oh, yeah, like you can drive over. But I was like, I don't know where this parking lot is. So I'm just going to walk because it's my first time going to this place. I'm just going to walk. And like I said, my umbrella broke while I was walking. And I was just like, dog, gone it. And I looked, I'm like, I literally could have parked right Next to the sidewalk, right, come into the covered area and then fine. I mean, that's pretty fitting, though, then to go into the therapist and be like, look. (laughs) I was just so glad. I was like, thank God I'm not a superstitious person because literally my umbrella broke in half. So, like, I could not close it. Oh, no. (laughs) So I had to walk in there with the open umbrella and I was like. Thank God I'm not superstitious, because <laughs> that would have. But I think Christina's right. At least you had something to talk to the yeah. therapist about. Yeah. True. Right? It's not one of those where you go in, and you sit, and you go, nothing much is going no. on. <laughs> like, this umbrella is a metaphor for my life. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go into what you've been playing, Alicia. Why don't you start us off? What have you been playing? So, like I said, even though today is not that time of the semester, this week has been. (laughs) Um, I have really not had time to play anything. I played a little bit more of Legends Arceus, but Mm. I'm still, you know, I think I'm making my way towards Ursaluna right now. So, still very early in the game, still haven't really done a whole lot. (laughs) Did Arceus come out... This year or last year? Last year. Okay. Both of Legends Arceus came out in came out like spr- January. Sp- yeah, like January, February of twenty two. Yeah. And then Scarlet Violet came out like November of twenty two. Okay. okay, that sounded right. Um I I I get 
I, I get lost. Like games that came out in January feel like they came out two or three years ago <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. So games that came out this summer feel like they came out three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Years in the Kingdom has been out for six months. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody pointed that out in one of my Discord chats the other day, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right." <laughs> There's so much coming out. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's very easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Like I mean. There are games that came out at the beginning of the year, and I, I know when we get to the end of the year, I'm going to forget them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've started trying to make a list on my phone so I can just keep it updated mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Um, I know, like, was Marvel Snap this year or last year? That was last year. Mm-hmm. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's still going. There's like, um, there was like a, a $100 bundle, $150 bundle uh, they were oh. selling on there the other day. Oh, Must my word. the gays. If they were, if it was that high. Oh. What? Mm-hmm. Is that, it must have been gay people if it was uh, that high. It must have been yeah. all yeah. the gay characters. Because yeah. remember they did, they had those two characters, and yeah. they were like $80 mm-hmm. for like two characters, and yeah. you told me, you were like, yeah, that's because both those characters are lesbians. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, yep. Yep. I was wondering what the catch with them yeah. was. Gay <laughs> folks and their expendable income. Look at yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a stereotype that everyone has. (laughs) Um, Okay, so playing a little bit of Arceus still? Yeah. I'm still really enjoying it. I'm still, you know... I mean, you know, I love Scarlet and Violet for the storyline. Legends Arceus is just so much prettier. Mm -hmm. Like, you can really tell it was different teams working on it. It just... Like, even beyond... Even setting aside, like, Scarlet and Violet's glitches that it, mm-hmm. especially when it started out, the graphic glitches that it had, mm-hmm. and it, it's still just so vastly different in just, you know, the textures and just how clean everything looks in Arceus versus Scarlet and Violet. Definitely, de- definitely doesn't look like it is a triple-A $70 game. <laughs> uh, again. Scarlet and Violet, you mean? Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. No, th- I was yeah. just checking. Yeah. Sure. It's like, you know, again, I I love Scarlet and Violet. I think that they have the best storyline out of any mainline Pokemon game we've had yet. But, man, I wish it looked as pretty as Arceus does. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean... We, you know, obviously we're talking a lot about the Switch too. It seems fairly certain that's coming next year sometime. And the Pokemon games are one of those franchises where I think you can look at it and go, "This they need an overhaul mm-hmm. on these games, right? Like just graphically." Well, like, and I'm wondering. This is I have no basis for this whatsoever. This is just purely in my head, but I'm I'm wondering if. We might get, because, you know, they they did Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. I would love to see a redo of Platinum on the Switch 2. Yeah. Because, like, one of the things that came up with BDSP, you know, obviously the chibi art style was a choice. <laughs> um, but then also a lot of people who t- who were complaining about it had to kind of be reminded, like, you know, a lot of the things that people really love from Gen 4 are not from Diamond and Pearl. They're from Platinum. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they overhaul some of the, like, the 8th Gym Leader's team is completely different. Some of the Elite Four have completely different teams. You know, a lot more of the 
storyline in terms of Giratina and the distortion world. It's like, that's all platinum exclusive. So like a lot of these problems you have with BDSP, you had with the original Diamond and Pearl too. Mm -hmm. It's not, (laughs) it's not all Game Freak killing your nostalgia. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think there's some logical sense to that too, that if you're going to make a new Pokemon game, you're going to make, you know, your mainstream new generation Pokemon game, you maybe don't want to launch the system with because there's not going to be a huge install base there. But if you're doing a remake, right, that lets you like sort of test out the capabilities of the new system and kind of experiment with it and then roll that knowledge over into the new generation game that you put out and everything. Yeah. And And by that time... Realistically, they they won't do Platinum. They might... More more realistically, they would probably do the Gen 5 remakes at launch and redo Black and White, but I, w- I would love to see Platinum, personally. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we shall see. And, and like It seems like we're going to get Switch news sooner rather than later. Like yeah. by, you know, I would say February of next year. We should know something. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm even wondering, you know, if they'll at least confirm, confirm for real beyond just all the leaks and speculation. Like, yes, yeah, Switch Two is happening. I'm wondering if they'll confirm that before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't I, expect them to give us a launch, a release date right. at Christmas, but I kind of expect them to confirm it at Christmas. Well, I, I expect what we'll start seeing here soon is games being announced for the next generation Nintendo mm. system. Because mm. um, we get that a lot where publishers start, third party publishers start saying, and this will come to the next generation Nintendo system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that point, maybe that sort of forces Nintendo's hand to say, it's not coming in the next nine months, mm. right? So, because yeah. they don't want people not buying a new Switch. This yeah. Christmas. Yep. They got OJ for his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> they want to get other people for Christmas, right? Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's really been <clears throat> it. I'm I'm really hoping this weekend to be able to sit down and watch Castlevania Nocturne because oh. I still have not watched that yet. So one, one of my friends almost spoiled things, and I'm like, if you do this, I will end you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Can I spoil an Easter egg? No. <laughs> There's an Easter egg in it for uh, Giant Bomb, which is like one of the most amazing Easter eggs I've ever seen. <laughs> I just said no. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not spoiling anything. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm really hoping because one of the local theaters around here is doing Dracula this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm going mm-hmm. with a friend tomorrow night to, to see Dracula. And then I'm gonna go watch Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky season. <laughs> then you can finish it up watching Dracula Dead and Loving. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll finish it up going back to probably probably to Lucagen and Proton John's Symphony of the Night run because that's just sheer silliness and I adore it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Christina, you teased us a little earlier with what you've been playing uh so yeah i have uh so with just moving here i actually um didn't get all of my stuff until like a week or two ago the movers took a long time to get here and so i haven't set up my pc yet um and prior to doing that like during the summer i was playing diablo floor 
mm-hmm. um, with with uh, some people. Um, what do you what do you think of Diablo Four? I I really like it. Uh, to be honest, it's my very first time to play Diablo. Period. Okay. Um, and really, I I bought it because the the people that I was playing with they they were like, hey, we like play with us, and so I was like, okay. Um, I thought it's it's really beautiful. Like I I um, I've never really played a game like this. Period. Um, and so I I enjoyed it. I'm I'm having fun with it. Um, I'd only gotten through one character I played as a necromancer mm-hmm. um, to begin with, and so I was excited after the move to to start. Uh, I'm gonna do rogue next, and then uh, kind of move on from there. But I was enjoying it honestly. Um, <clears throat> but because I haven't had a, ch- a chance to set up the PC yet, I actually put together the PlayStation 4 last night or got everything hooked up and yeah, played a DVD with um, my my partner. Because <laughs> it's like one of those things that if you don't live in the same space, having those types of, of games is a way to, um, you know, spend time together, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we uh, pulled that out and, and played a couple of rounds. Like I definitely got my butt kicked. <laughs> I, think, I think I escaped... No, I didn't. She escaped. I did not because uh, I like saved her right at the end because that is the type of player I am. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's 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 basically been it. But um, really any of those types of games where, like I said, that that allows me to connect with other people um, right now is 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 kind of what I'm focusing on. So. Dead by Daylight, do you have the mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage DLC? Um, <laughs> I just bought it last night. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not only is it is he just lovely, and, like, I really, the way that he just makes fun of himself, and <laughs> I, I watch DVD a lot on Twitch as well, and that's how I was able to keep up with it, even with my system, like, not with me. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, his perks are some of the most fun perks that have come out of DVD in a long time. The fact that they just like, they're kind of meta and they they allow you to sort of play with, with what's going on. The fact that they focus on the relationship between the survivor and the killer. Like it's, I don't know, for me, it, it, it it's like they, they took a moment to make fun of themselves <laughs> in, <laughs> right. in, in many ways uh, and be be meta in that way. And so I, I love I love that DLC. It's probably one of my favorite uh, DLCs. But when are we getting actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be the most terrifying. <laughs> he would he would be the killer, right? Yes. Like Nicolas Cage is not the killer. No. Um, and I, I I make the joke that like outside of um, Spooky Myers, like when <laughs> and you don't realize that that they're there, and you look up and he's there, and then you you know ah like, you know, again pee yourself. Apparently, this is a theme for me. Um, but outside of that, like. That game has not been scary to me in a long time. That would make it scary. (laughs) (laughs) Just the entire time you have the song playing instrumental in the background, (laughs) except for when he pops up. Shia, surprise! (laughs) No! You could have a whole series of that. You could have Army Hammer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wait, Justin, do you know the song I'm referencing? No. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> We're, I'm going to show you this after the podcast. There, there is a video um, that is an entire 
beautiful choral production of Shia LaBeouf live, and the whole the whole thing is you're you're lost. It's a, in the woods, alone at night. Your car broke down. There's nowhere to go, and suddenly you see him, Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> <laughs> and so he's he's hunting you, and you are trying to survive. But it's a it's a song. It's like ten years old. How do you yeah. not know that? OJ, you're also giving me a blank. Yeah, look, I've, I've never heard that uh, at all. I, I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like this. This is an icon. I don't know how you guys don't know this because it is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. We, my best friend and I, actually convinced one of our college professors to show it in class because <laughs> we were talking about second person in cre- in a creative writing class. And so we were like, oh, yeah, like show this as a good example. <laughs> I will point out that Army Hammer is not a meme. Yeah, Army Hammer Army, is actually a cannibal. <laughs> Army Hammer is. Like, That's that why was, I was like, I don't think you know what I'm talking about because I was joking oh, <laughs> with no. actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, this person, like, and I didn't know about Army Hammer and actually until the drive here, like, it was one of the podcasts I listened to um, on on the way <laughs> here. And so I have just mm. recently found out about the Army Hammer situation. And oh, I, yeah. man, I love, what was that movie? The, the, the Call Me by your name or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I loved that movie, right? Yeah. And and so to find out that like he uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a pretty good actor yeah. and like to find out that he's a real weirdo. Oh <laughs> so so crazy. It so, uh so can I have a quick synopsis because I have uh, yes. apparently I'm behind uh, on all of my okay. cannibal information because <laughs> I don't know about Shia Boo for Army Hammer. So, so Army Hammer Ray is the um, the older man in that relationship in that movie. Call me by your mm-hmm. name, right? Um, his family actually, uh, you know, generational wealth kind of thing, uh-huh. and he just is is. I don't. I don't want to say he's a narcissist, but he shows narcissistic mm-hmm. behavior, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and yeah, just was was dating somebody that he. Um, like stalked and and terrorized and abused and it turns out that he yeah was was uh was, eating folks yeah yeah he was like making comment he like she oh. shared the screenshots of the messages that he sent her and he was like talking about wanting to literally eat her yeah yeah oh. I, I don't think there's any evidence that he actually has yeah been I, a cannibal mm. but there's like lots of disturbing <laughs> evidence that he is Cannibalistic really into tendencies. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at anyone who had a lot of generational wealth if they yes. were a cannibal, <laughs> if we're being honest. but No, yeah, we want so. to eat the rich, not be eaten by the rich. Well, uh-huh. I, I know. <laughs> so, so, like, his, uh, it, it, the type of generational wealth where he's named after his grandfather, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, like, his grandfather was constantly asked, like, Army Hammer, do you own Arm & Hammer? The, uh-huh. like, what is it, baking uh-huh. soda? He got so tired of hearing that that he bought that company. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah. And <laughs> Wait, so, really? Uh-huh, and yes, true story. Wow. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's it's that type of generational wealth that's uh-huh. like, oh, I'm tired of hearing this. I'll just buy this whole company yeah. because it sounds like my name. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh! And it, it, yeah, he's definitely one of those that like uh, these things do not impact me. These things yeah. do not. Yeah, I'm mm. I'm above this because I have so okay. much money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 
apparently kind of a weird guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to clarify, Shia LaBeouf is not a well, real you know, cannibal. I, 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 think, I think that up, I guess. I mean, anything That's surrounding a- cannibals, fiction but, or, or true. I feel like the thing with Shia LaBeouf is if you told me that about him, I would 100% believe it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well, like, I'll say, have you ever seen the gif of Shia LaBeouf in an empty theater audience standing up and just like clapping like mad? That's the end of That's that. the end of that mm. video. Okay. No, I don't think I've ever seen that. But So it was originally the, the guy who wrote the song had mm. this dream where all this happened. And so mm-hmm, he right. wrote the song as kind of like a funny thing. And then Shia LaBeouf found it and was like, we can make this a big production. <laughs> <laughs> and so Shia LaBeouf funded the whole actual <laughs> like spectacle version yeah. that everybody knows. <laughs> so two versions of celebrity cannibals. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. With Wells. I mean, honestly, I don't want to meet either one of them yeah. in real life. <laughs> Fair. Both fair. of those are disturbing, right? <laughs> like, I mean, this was also Shia during his, like, paper bag face era. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, if you told me tomorrow somebody wrote a song about you being a cannibal, I wouldn't be like, let me fund a music mm-hmm. video yeah. for this. <laughs> I would be like, I'm not a cannibal. <laughs> like, oh, I get the joke, I guess. But yeah. also, I'm not going to invest in the joke. <laughs> To be fair, if I had money, I would probably lean into it. I'll say, <laughs> so. it makes sense for Shia LaBeouf. Remember, remember, just do it. Green screen, literally yeah. telling us, put whatever you want here. Yeah. Like my my only memory of Shia LaBeouf in like the last decade has really been listening to an interview with um, the actress who played his sister on Even Stevens. Oh yeah, but, yeah, Ren. Never mind. Keep going. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's her name, right, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on the show mm-hmm. and. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano. Yes, that's it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um, and she uh, she said that people ask her all the time, "How's he doing?" And she's like, "You know, we're not really brother and sister." <laughs> and she said, I, "I wish him well, mm. but like we we work together and we weren't really friends. You know, we yeah. were just coworkers." And I, I I love that interview just because of that sort of breakdown of reality. <laughs> and I, I feel like so many people are like. Well, you work together. You must all love each other. And people yeah. are like, no, we just work together. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that person well. Yeah. <laughs> Hope they're doing great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it always reminds me of uh, Biff from Back to the Future. And mm. people are always, he said people come up to him all the time and ask him, how's Michael J. Fox? And he's like, I guess he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in years. <laughs> He's a nice guy. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> negative to say about it. <laughs> you, you know we don't just hang out all the time. <laughs> we don't like live next door to each other. It's like you know this film was 30 years <laughs> ago, right? <laughs> that, that film is closer to 40 years ago at this wow, point. Oh, man. That actually did cross my mind halfway as I was halfway through that sentence, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to make anybody feel too old here. I think 85 uh. is, is for the original Back to the uh, Future. So just because apparently I'm not up to date on cannibals, is Michael J. Fox a cannibal? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Michael J. Fox seems like he's a real swell guy. Okay. 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 No, no hideous stories have come out about okay. Michael J. Fox. I'm going to email Biff and ask him. <laughs> no. He's... He... Um, he does stand-up comedy, and he's got a song he wrote about Back to the Future. I thought you were oh. going to say he had a song he wrote about cannibals. <laughs> no, but he, he sings, he performs this song where he's like, here's the most commonly asked questions, 
and he like performs it as a song. <laughs> and um, it, it's pretty fantastic. So you can Google that. It's worth okay. watching. Um, all right, Christina, is that it? Yes, that's it. <laughs> we, we jumped all pretty the, far. <laughs> about before the podcast, we were like, maybe we'll stay on track this time. <laughs> Mario's going to listen to this, and like 20 minutes into it, we're talking about cannibalism. He's just going to check right out. Um, all right, OJ, what have you been playing? Yeah, so, so to address that unhingedness, I, I'm gone one week. Y'all are talking about Harold, they're lesbians. You're talking about, <laughs> I, I don't even remember. There was just so, so many weird fever dream conversations that were happening. And like nobody drank coffee and I drink coffee. And so you picked that one week. You were talking about Sea of Stars when I wasn't here. There was the Sonic song that has Malcolm X's speech in it. Which, so I, I, when they were talking about your face, that's what I was doing. I was, um, I was driving to St. Louis listening to this. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, there is no way that Sonic had a Malcolm X speech in it. And so now I have to go play that game. <laughs> Not just listen to it. You have to experience no, I to, it I in context. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Like, have we finally convinced you to play a real, an actual good, not broken Sonic game yes. as your first one? Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a trick question. That is, <laughs> that is, that is uh, yeah, and so, so, I, and now we're now we're talking about cannibals. What is what's what's next week? What is next week? It's devolving. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, okay, so I the past two weeks, I so I I I'd mentioned I was playing Earthbound again. I finished it. Aww. And I, so I, I surprise myself every single time that I play it for a couple of things. Uh, one of them is that I always forget that I need to use a fly honey on barf. I think I mentioned this before. Yep. And I'm like, why is he so hard? I, I'm leveled up. And, and then um, at the end, I there, so I, I don't know if it was meant to be, but I've read a lot of stuff about like the end being like you're kind of aborting the 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 main Gygus, the main mm. main enemy, right? Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this I can really see that. Like, mm. like you're you're giving him an abortion, like uh-huh. essentially. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you're oh, I'm walking through these. It lo- that looks like legs. It looks like I'm walking into a vagina to abort. That, yep. Right. Uh, and so a- every time I'm like, wow, may- maybe I was imagining something, <laughs> but then I, no, nope, no, no, nope. yeah, that's yeah. I I just walked into a vagina. <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, but again, I love it. It's probably it's top five games um, ever that I that I've ever played. I don't think I, I would say it's probably top two, and I don't think anything will ever push it out of out of those spots. Um, but yeah, so it was nice to play that, and then I also went to play Bayonetta oh. again because uh, I started playing it uh, last year, I think, uh, and then I just I stopped. I I didn't have time to play, and then I stopped. So. Uh, but then I got a new switch, and I was like, "Well, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna gonna go to download this, play it again." Play Talk about one. the original, the first one. Yeah, one, and then I'm I'm part of the way through two again. Okay, and I always forget too that I love Bayonetta the character. Mm-hmm. I love Bayonetta the storyline. Mm-hmm. I love Bayonetta the the moves that she does. Mm-hmm. Bayonetta the game, eh. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's rough because like. Uh, it's not as bad as it used to be because I'm not as much of a completionist as I was before. <laughs> but like getting a pure platinum medal on some of those levels mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just 
I'm, I'm playing through just for just for funsies this time, and I'm not trying to get all the pure platinum medals, but it's still, I'm like, maybe I should go back and do that. No, 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 maybe I should, <laughs> no, no, right? So, uh, but I, I do love the Bayonetta cinematic universe, essentially. Mm. <laughs> just, <laughs> just not the games themselves. Right. I, I forget, did you ever play three? Not yet, no. Okay. No, I'm, I'm gearing up to play it right now. Um, I'll probably be buying it. Whenever I have money for it, I have no money right now. But as soon as I get money for it, I'll I'll, I'll be buying it. Understandable. Right. Yeah. Um, and what else? I, I I was going through and playing a lot of, just briefly touching on some NES and SNES games, um, and I I'm seeing Breath of Fire and Breath of Fire Two there. I remember loving them. I don't know if they hold up, and I don't want to ruin it. So uh-huh. I keep on like looking at it and being like, "Oh, I love these games. Should I should I try them?" I and I feel like they're not going to hold up very well. Yeah, actually, just a nodding. So. Uh, no, I, I actually I don't know about those. Okay. I've never played the Breath of Fire games. I'm uh-huh. more nodding because I have that same fear of going back and playing a lot of older games. Mm-hmm. And you go back and you play them, and you're like. Oh, this actually isn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sort of what I attribute it to the game being challenging is mm-hmm. just bad game design. Ah. Yeah. And it's not actually fun. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. and but I was eight at the time and didn't know any better. <laughs> right, right. Um, and it was the only game I had. <laughs> yeah. D- Dragon Warrior one, the like the first game I really owned was so amazing, but I can't play it anymore. I can't yeah. really play any of the NES or SNES ones. Uh, if we're being honest. Yeah, Dragon Warrior, I would imagine, be really difficult because it's such a simplistic RPG yeah. like mm-hmm. compared to what came later, the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, you know, yeah. Super Nintendo games and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, Final Fantasy 1, I can replay, but Dragon Warrior, I cannot. Uh, up until they it really went to Dragon Quest, <laughs> then I could start playing. Or not Dragon. Yeah, Dragon Quest. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah okay, Dragon yeah. Quest is the original Japanese yeah. name, mm-hmm. and it's now the name in the U.S. Yeah. So it, I also get that confused. <laughs> I have to think every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, once they started getting named Dragon Quest, I can play a little bit, but Dragon Warrior is rough. And They've released a remake mm-hmm. of the original Dragon mm-hmm. Quest, um, Dragon Warrior, mm-hmm. and I haven't played it, but I've always wanted to go play it to see like what does that remake add to it because mm-hmm. i mean that original game is real simplistic yeah yeah i mean it, it, it was fun at the time i also mm-hmm. enjoyed it at the time but like when you go back to it now i can imagine that game just mm-hmm. seeming really simple yeah it, it really is um it's like heal hurt heal more hurt more <laughs> <laughs> hit slime yeah <laughs> um but yeah, so I uh, I'm looking at Breath of Fire and I'm like uh, I'm I'm probably gonna try it and I'm just hoping it doesn't ruin my memories because I really love the series. Um, what else? Did I, can't I think there was something else I was playing. I can't remember what it was right now. Um, yeah, and so I was on a quest to to find a, a game that looks worse than Mortal Kombat One on the Switch. And I <laughs> so Bay- Bayonetta's graphics are better than Mortal Kombat yeah. One. Yeah. Um, Scarlet and Violet in the on launch day had yeah. better graphics than Mortal Kombat One to on the fair, Switch. To be fair, uh Sindel's hair looked like the grass did on Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, and uh Dude, I didn't even realize that was on the Switch. I 
Have you not seen it? I have not. Oh. And so I, I'm, I'm making a mental note. I'm going to write it, it down to, it, to look it up. It, it's special. Oh, mm-hmm. no. It's definitely a game that exists on the Switch. Yeah. So the full motion video looks fine on the Switch, as yeah. I'm sure you know. But then once it switches to actual character models and not the full motion video, I've seen better graphics on the PlayStation 1. Oh, no. It's bad. It's very bad. And it's going to be so fun to go Yeah, uh, yeah so, so I love Sindel, and mm-hmm. one of Sindel's yeah. uh, fatalities yeah. is that she walks up and she's like, who's your queen? Yes, yeah. Okay, and each of the characters have, uh, like, clothing item that you can adjust and mm-hmm. change. Hers is like a little face mask thing. Mm-hmm. So as she's walking up to do this fatality, she says, who's your queen? And until that point, it doesn't load the face mask, and then it pops up just out of nowhere. Oh, no. And these horrible, horrible graphics, like, like you know how there's like trees in like three D games that are like the the like two overlapping two D models. Yeah, yeah. That's what her hair looks like, right? Oh no! So no, the person whose hair is the entire character. Her. Yeah. And then the face looks like a, a Cabbage Patch Kid kind of. <gasps> um, and then this thing pops up on her on her face, and then she like reaches into like. Rip out your yeah. your uh, like skull and uh, spine, and then the thing disappears off her face again what the because truth? it stops loading at that. It has to load at a different angle, oh, and no. it's it's. Uh, we're gonna watch some videos. Yeah, I, after this, we'll watch. Well, after Shia LaBeouf, we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll watch this. Yeah, um, I, I think that's made even worse by the fact that. On the PlayStation 5 and Xbox mm-hmm. and PC, that's actually a really nice-looking game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh. like, to see what they did to the Switch version, it, it's not even like, oh, this is a, an, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a sort of ugly-fied version of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like... This is like, the version we took out and beat against the ugly tree. Right. I'll say, I feel oh, yeah. like it's it's the epitome of look how they massacred my boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's really shocking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because yeah, the only I've I've watched the the a playthrough of the the primary storyline mm-hmm. in Mortal Kombat one just because I was interested to mm-hmm. see like where they took it. I really like the, the mm-hmm. what they did with the storyline. So oh yeah, and it's a gorgeous game mm-hmm. on on those those yeah. systems. I've I watched it on PS five. Um, yeah, the, oh, man. this is quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> and so I so I asked for it for my birthday on the Switch, knowing that the graphics weren't gonna be yeah. the same level. <laughs> and this it's just it's ridiculous. And it's even more jarring because the full motion video looks great. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then like uh, like for like ten seconds before each fight in the like it, it switches to the character models uh-huh. and it's like bam, you can see it, and it's like, <sighs> oh, that's horrible. Like it's it's pretty unplayable. That's uh, and I, I love Mortal Kombat, but yeah. like, I'm not going to play it until they patch it somehow because yeah. there's glitches that so the some of the characters get boners oh. um, and smack people in the face with them, and it's a it's just a glitch <laughs> because that part of their body it just like really Sweet pulls out a pixel, yeah, and um, and then so like I've seen Sub Zero and Scorpion like like fencing, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, Whenever you do a brutality and like yeah. you you do the uppercut when yeah. their head pops off, yeah. the head just starts floating there and oh, it, it's stuck. Oh, it's no. perfect for spooky season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, scary then, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the body falls and it and so I that like I, uncanny valley scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no. Uh, and like normally, like when I play ten, 
uh, and Levin went through and just, uh-huh. you know, I beat it. I played all the characters. Yeah. I went through everything and I can't, I just can't. <sighs> Um, that's unfortunate yeah yeah, it's such a great game otherwise and it got got the deluxe edition too for the switch so paid all this money for my birthday for for a cabbage patch yeah yeah (laughs) oh man cabbage patch but the cabbage is spelled with a k yeah (laughs) (laughs) mortal cabbage (laughs) (laughs) we won't play until you patch the game mortal cabbage patch That's just a Garbage Pail Kids game. (laughs) No, that's doing Garbage Pail Kids dirty. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Actually, that Garbage Pail Kids game sounds better. I think it is. I think it is, yeah. looked better than this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Um, Anything else, OJ? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, no, nothing else. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I was going to say, so Bay- Bayonetta, which was on PS2 or PS3? I think it was uh, PS3. Yes. All right. Uh, it has better graphics than Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. Both of them on the Switch has uh, better better graphics. Yeah, like, this isn't just, oh, this game, this game can't be run at full graphic fidelity yeah. on the mm-hmm. Switch. This is, they butchered this. Yeah. 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 Right, like I mean, mm-hmm. this is the sort of situation you can imagine there being a class action lawsuit. And- <laughs> right. Well, especially because uh, you, you know, day one, there's a 30 gig download mm-hmm. that you have to have to get. Uh, it, that's with the actual um, cartridge in there. You wow. still or the I can never remember what we what what those are called. Card. Cartridge. Cartridge. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the cartridge, and then 30 gigs on top of that. I had to get, uh, luckily, uh, at my anniversary is shortly after my birthday, so I got a new Switch, but then still, like, yeah. I had to get a, a micro SD card yeah. for space. That's, and that's, like, at that point, like, just don't put it on the Switch. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, if it, especially because, it, it, yeah, you said mm-hmm. it's, it's unplayable, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather just, like, you know, either watch other people play mm-hmm. it if I don't have a system that has yep. it, or just you know, it, it's a waste of money mm-hmm. basically. Oh, yeah. That's unfortunate. And then, and it's hard to do combos and stuff because it oh. runs so slowly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, I'm proficient at combos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am amazing. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have Dead by Daylight for that because I have Dead by mm-hmm. Daylight on every system, mm-hmm. um, and I don't play it on the Switch mm-hmm. because it is. It the, the the difference between that and the PS4 or you mm-hmm. know obviously the PC, yeah. um, even the mobile version plays better I think mm-hmm. than the than the Switch yeah. version. <laughs> so it's yeah. So, I mean, it's just a real shame because they did a, a really good job from what I've seen of mm-hmm. porting uh, Eleven, mm-hmm. you know, over to the Switch and everything, and to like just butcher this mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right, Christina. Like, even to put this out at some mm-hmm. point, like, just mm-hmm. don't put it out. Yeah. If yeah. you yeah. can't do a decent job, mm-hmm. like, yeah. don't do that to your fans because yeah. now mm-hmm. your fans feel burned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, there, <laughs> the compromises we all know we're going to get with a Switch port, uh-huh. like, this is beyond that. Yeah, this mm-hmm. was a slap in the face, even knowing that it was going to mm-hmm. be right, be rough. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I have. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. I've got a, a couple of quick things here. So, OJ, we can talk about this a little. I, I am playing Sea of Stars still. 
Um, I, I guess I don't have a whole lot to say because you have talked about this and I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about it last week. Um, it, it's great, right? Mm-hmm. Like this feels like this feels like the game that has most closely gotten this right mm-hmm. of recapturing that feel of the 16-bit mm-hmm. specifically era of RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think last week I said it's really more kind of 32-bit yeah. <laughs> with like some of the mm-hmm. graphical things and everything, but it, it's very much trying to echo that mm-hmm. era of games. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I'm kind of not super far into it because mm-hmm. I've been taking my time with it. Um, but, you know, that, everything I've done with it so far is I've enjoyed. I, I have heard some people, and maybe you talked about this, but I know some people have complained that the ending maybe kind of mm-hmm. falls off a little bit yeah. and mm-hmm. isn't as strong as the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, that's also kind of true of a lot of those 16-bit RPGs. That is fair, yeah. The story is very front-loaded, and mm-hmm. by the time you get to the end, they're like, yeah, you just got to kill this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if you like that era of RPGs, mm-hmm. this is the one that has most gotten that mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, there was Square, I feel like, has tried to sort of emulate this, and they've done things like I Am... What was that uh, Setua or Satuna or something like that uh, that they put out a, a few years back that just felt like a Pell imitation? This mm-hmm. one feels like it's got that heart and charm to it mm-hmm. that those games very much yeah. had, and so I'm enjoying that. I will say too on CO Stars because I looked it up. The blue robed shopkeeper, I mm-hmm. guess, is a character from their previous game, The Messenger. Oh. Oh, so, right. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. So then, that explains a lot of <laughs> what he's dis- talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> <'cause>, uh, <laughs> okay. The that makes me feel better about that. I'm going to have to <laughs> check that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking about the ending. Yeah. yeah. Like the weirdness of the ending. Yeah. yeah. So like uh, the, the super end. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Did you ever play The Messenger? No. So the messenger is a, a very weird game that switches. There's a switch in that game about halfway through the game, mm-hmm. yeah. and that game becomes something very different than it starts out. And okay. so, yeah, that would make sense. I wasn't even thinking about that. I knew that it was the same developer. I wasn't even thinking about okay. making people that need, connection. I, I really wanted to know what he said, so I looked uh-huh. up a YouTube video, and then yeah. from there, people in the comments were like, "Wow, it was so cool to see him back from the messenger." <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's well, kinda, I guess I know what I'm doing <laughs> my next game. That's kind of neat, that like sort of meta connection linking <laughs> their cinematic universe of games. <laughs> well, I feel I feel dumb for not looking that up now, I guess. <laughs> no, okay. I, I wouldn't. I like, I, was, yeah. I don't think you need to feel dumb. I think that was just me, <laughs> me needing answers. <laughs> if you've never played The Messenger, you yeah. would have no way mm-hmm. of knowing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, but it is a good game. I would recommend yeah. The Messenger. Mm-hmm. It's a very okay. um, Ninja Gaiden sort of okay. harkens okay. back to that. Okay. Um, so I, I played Sea of Stars. I also played a little bit of a game called Dome Keeper. Um, so this is a game where you are on an alien planet and you have a base under a dome and uh, people are coming and attacking that and you have to beef up your defenses and you do that by digging down under your dome and exploring the caves and everything underneath there. And you have to retrieve minerals and everything and bring them back up to your base. 
and then you spend those uh, minerals and everything that you collect in order to upgrade your defenses and everything, to add more guns, to power them up and everything. It's it's really sort of a, a very simple-looking game, and, and, and really kind of in concept is a, a fairly simple game, but uh, it has that great sort of loop, you know, that you are constantly, like, upgrading, getting stronger as you go through the game, and then the going down the caves is very fun to explore, and you can kind of dig out areas and everything. You can upgrade your digging utensils so that you dig faster and you can carry more with you back up to your base. Um, so it's got that great sort of um, Steam World dig um, sort of loop to it. Um, I, I think Steam World dig is a, is a much better series of games than this one <laughs> is, uh, but I also have enjoyed it. You know, it's it's been fun uh, playing it, and it's kind of a small little game. Um, so I thumbs up to that so far. Uh, the other thing that I did this week is I bought something new. Um, I bought a Steam Deck. So um, they had them on sale. That's the only reason I bought one. (laughs) Uh, They had them marked like 20% off, so it was very enticing. I had one at one and kind of balked at the price, and then when it got 20% off, I was like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Stupid. Um, It was also my birthday, so I was like, I I need a (laughs) present for myself. Uh, so, um, anyways, so I, I got it. I've set it up. I haven't done a lot of what I want to do with it, which is installing emulators and things mm. so that I can really play some older games, which will tie into research and stuff that I'm working on. But um, it works remarkably well. Um, I, I think, you know, having not had hands-on with one till now, um, it, it works remarkably well. Um, you know, one of the first things I, I played on it because this was like the killer app when the Steam Deck launched <laughs> because it launched around the same time the game did is Vampire Survivors, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is kind of like a ridiculous game to play on this new <laughs> expensive, <laughs> <Yeah>. like portable <laughs> system. <laughs> Uh, but it runs well. And then I played a few other things. I played some of Dome Keeper and everything on it. Um, I like the screen size. Um, the controls feel better than looking at it. You think mm-hmm. the controls would. Yeah. So the controls are very much kind of up at the top and kind of mm-hmm. pushed out to the edges, mm-hmm. which seems like it would be kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not once you're actually holding it. Mm-hmm. The thing I'll say about it is it's very big. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very large handheld to hold in your hands. It's not something you can, you know, put in your back pocket and pull out <laughs> when you're, yeah. you know, waiting for the bus or something. It's just not comfortable in that way. And even lying in bed with it, which is where I've played it a lot, um, is it's big enough that like you can't hold it up over your head mm. for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. really one you need to kind of like rest on mm-hmm. your chest okay. lying in bed and everything. Um, you know, maybe that just means I'm a weakling. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, it's not, I can't hold it. It's just my arms get tired of like <laughs> having them straight up over me for an extended period of time. Um, but you know, like when I was setting it up and everything, so like it needed to download some sort of like firmware updates and some OS mm-hmm. updates and everything. So it, this all runs off of uh, Linux, mm-hmm. 
So if you didn't know, it's not running Windows. It just boots directly into the Steam uh, interface in Linux. So you can get out to the Linux interface if you want or need to, but you don't ever have to get mm-hmm. out into that interface, which is interesting, right? Because um, it, they have managed to make a PC experience very consoleized in that way. Mm-hmm. But it does all these updates at the beginning, and the first couple of games I tried to install, it said, all right, installing these games, and it, then it popped up and was like, all right, they're installed, and I was like, okay, launch game. And the game wouldn't launch. Mm-hmm. And launch game, and it wouldn't launch. And I was like, okay, did I get a dud? What's wrong with this mm-hmm. thing? And what it was was that it was still downloading those OS and system updates, and those needed to be applied first before it would allow oh, any okay. of that to happen. Make, I'm assuming because it's the first time. I don't yeah. think this is yeah. the way it normally works. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody told me that. Okay. Nothing popped up and right. said that. And so I think one of the things I see with this is, like, you know, I have a gaming PC. I'm used to Steam. I uh, am pretty good with computers. Mm -hmm. So I could kind of logic my way in working with this. Mm -hmm. This is not like buying a Switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so I don't know how much of a problem that's going to be as I play more games. Obviously, some games work with this. There are some games that don't that you can buy on Switch mm-hmm. or on Steam. And, you know, it, it tells you now on Steam this game has been tested. It works. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's not 100% that sort of console experience that you mm-hmm. get from a PlayStation or Xbox mm-hmm. or Nintendo product. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's a, a negative. I think the the size and weight of it is a negative. But the really cool side is I have a whole lot of games on Steam. Mm-hmm. And I can now play those <laughs> yeah. anywhere, right? Yeah. And so that makes it really convenient. Um, and I don't travel a whole lot, but, you know, a lot of times I don't want to go sit at my PC. I want to, like, sit in front of the TV or do mm-hmm. something else. And this mm-hmm. makes that more doable. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, kind of a, a thumbs up with some hesitation mm-hmm. so far. Um, all right, that does it for what we've been playing. Let's move into news. We have quite a bit of news. Um, so... Let's start off with some slightly good news, I guess. The mm-hmm. Xbox chief, Phil Spencer, has said that Game Pass will have no games exclusive to the service. So what he means by this is uh, they're not going to develop any original games that you can only play by subscribing to Game Pass. So there's not going to be a okay. Tetris 99 or F-Zero mm-hmm. 99 yeah. like you get through Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, everything they, you know... That's what they're saying now, right? Obviously, this can change. Mm-hmm. This could change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Phil Spencer is a pretty straight shooter. He doesn't tend to try to mislead people with his statements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is honestly their plan as of today mm-hmm. or as of this past week when he made the statement. Yeah. Is Phil Spencer a cannibal? <laughs> <laughs> He is gobbling up Activision. Okay, okay, okay. So he does cannibalize game companies. Okay, okay. Speaking of which, OJ, um, that's a nice transition you set up there for us. Is Microsoft plans to finalize their Activision acquisition next week? So our long national nightmare Dang. might still be might soon be over, <laughs> or just say. starting, depending. <laughs> 
I feel like we've been talking about this the entire lifespan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. yes, I think that's right. Because yeah. it happened very early on into uh-huh. the life of this. I mean, it might actually predate the very beginning. Yeah, because I, I think we started talking about it in the class. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Because yeah. I think it happened like beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and we started the podcast. And you were like, in "Class, March. you're not going to believe this big thing happening." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I could not believe it. Yeah. like I was like actually in shock that yeah. morning. I was like, "That's a mm-hmm. that's a major move in yeah. games." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you know, this is kind of interesting. Last week we talked about that Tony Hawk One and Two is coming to, um, or did come to uh, Steam this. Mm-hmm week <laughs> and then they've announced that diablo 4 is coming to steam now oh, wow. okay. okay um and that's supposed to be like the day before this whole deal closes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's coming mm-hmm. um and of course you know microsoft has been pushing like their games to release everywhere so mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. go buy the new forza right now on mm-hmm. steam right you can buy it through the windows store but they're also selling on steam they're kind of selling everywhere mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting to see you know, like big Activision franchises like Tony Hawk, like, uh, you know, Blizzard games, which are really kind of a shock because mm-hmm. Blizzard had their own separate launcher mm-hmm. yeah. with Battle.net, and now those games are coming to Steam. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, you know, games being more places, not being, like, limited mm-hmm. where they're available. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this pans out. Um <laughs> I feel like we're going to continue to talk about this deal and its reverberations for the last lifespan of this mm. podcast. Yeah. Um, so that's all, you know, at least mostly good news. We're going to move into some bad news. Um, the layoffs in the game industry continue. Uh, Naughty Dog announced that they're laying off at least 25 contract developers. Um, this is in the wake of negative... Uh, re- reaction to their uh, multiplayer shooter and internal reviews. Mm-hmm. So this is the Last of Us multiplayer shooter mm-hmm. that they were developing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are rumors that that game may have been put on ice and they mm-hmm. may no longer be actively working mm-hmm. on it. Uh, these are contract workers, so these are not you know full-time employees in Naughty Dog. These were people that were brought on specifically to help with the development of games. Um, they weren't you know, given full contracts and everything, mm-hmm. we certainly know in academia what that's like. These are the <laughs> adjuncts yeah. 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 of the game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously sad, you know, when anybody loses their job and everything, um, though maybe not quite as dire straits at Naughty Dog, obviously, because, you know, they're still running a series of, off a series of hits there. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more dark when it comes to Telltale Games. Um, one of their developers came out and posted onto social media that they have laid off, quote, most of us Mm -hmm. Um, in early September. um, This was from an artist posting onto Twitter, which we are not going to call it by its new name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Twitter is the one thing we're allowed to dead name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when somebody, the owner dead names his own daughter, um, I think we'll, 
I, I feel no sympathy naming his company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we can all agree that Elon Musk is probably a cannibal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I, I he definitely would be if given yeah. the opportunity, right? Yeah. I, I have no proof for this, but yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least we all agree. <laughs> I, I have little doubt that he would not eat Army Hammer. If given the <laughs> <laughs> that so the fight between him and Zuck where it was actually who's going to eat the other one. Yeah. Okay. Loser's dinner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Not anymore, I guess. <laughs> Um, they're both weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they were working on the Wolf Among Us 2. This makes me so sad. I've been looking forward to the Wolf Among Mm. Us 2 for so long. (laughs) The first one was so good. So the Wolf Among Us, for those who don't know, is an adaptation of the Fables comic. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, they originally made a game of it. This was the original version of Telltale Games. Then Telltale mm-hmm. Games went out of business, and then they came back. Yep. They were working on this Wolf Among Us 2. You know, they have not released any statements about what is happening with that game or what the current state of that game <laughs> is. But when, you know, you have an artist out there saying, they laid off most of us, mm-hmm. that doesn't particularly bode well no. for, mm-hmm, yeah. for the Wolf Among Us 2. I'm so sad. It, it, it like I made uh, my students watch it and, or watch mm-hmm. the first like 30 minutes of it to do a, a like a rhetorical analysis of mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. I was like this is this is art mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so so good I actually uh, taught fables in a class I taught oh. it as a class on graphic novels uh-huh. and that was one of the ones I taught as part of that it's oh, it's and I just they're all of their 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 art style is one like the the um, Walking Dead series that they do mm-hmm. is is one that like initially got me into. I I had watched something at a at a conference that about uh, they essentially the folks in the conference had people play the first chapter of of the Walking Dead and then talked about like. Um, like when in people embody avatars, like mm-hmm. in the decisions that they make, like mm-hmm. are they making it as the decisions that they would make or what mm-hmm. they think the character mm-hmm. would make? So it was really a fascinating like mm-hmm. uh, a study, and so that's what really that initially turned me on to Telltale Games, and then I played, of course, like the Batman series and stuff like that. Um, I just uh, I just really dig their their art style, and it 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 played perfectly with Fables, I thought. Mm-hmm. So this this makes me so sad. I've been looking forward to this game for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that Walking Dead game was, you know, really groundbreaking at the time mm-hmm. as far as like interactive yeah. narrative and like the branching paths yes. and like, you know, yes. you don't just fail the story just sort of rewrites itself. Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. it it doesn't, but like, yes. <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah. Um and yeah, and so like I mean, obviously, I think we've talked about Telltale on here before. You know, at one point they were riding high; they had every licensed IP yep. under the yeah. sun, and were making games of it. Um, in the wake of how successful they were with um, The Walking Dead, there are games they made before it, including Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they were riding very high. It sounds like that. They just took on too much originally, and mm-hmm. they kind of collapsed, um, you know, under that weight. But when they came back, it seemed like they were doing something much more manageable, mm-hmm. right? Like just taking off the Wolf Among Us. That seemed like a much smarter move. Like don't take on a hundred different IPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
if this really is, you know, most of us, mm-hmm. right? Like and it's hard to know exactly what somebody means by Absolutely. that. That could be 51%. That's mm-hmm. most of us. Mm-hmm. Like, but it could be most of the artists, but not the game devs, and mm-hmm. not the, like, right. We don't know. Are, you know, did they lay off the artist because the artist work is mostly done, and mm-hmm. they're going to finish off this game and put it out, or have they, you know, collapsed as a studio? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's difficult to know right now. Um, but it does seem like there were, you know, at least major layoffs mm-hmm. happening there. Um, Team 17 is also reportedly planning, quote-unquote, significant uh, job losses as part of a restructuring of the company. Team 17 is most famous for the Worms games, Mm -hmm. the multiplayer Worms games. Uh, But they've also gotten really heavy into publishing in recent years. They publish a lot of games now. Um, So, again... Um, you know, every time we talk about this and we talk about layoffs, um, obviously our, you know, our hearts go out to anybody who's losing a job. It's always rough to lose a job. It's, you know, it's pretty earth shattering for a lot of people. It's not always easy to bounce back from that. Um, but you know, from our sort of perspective as, as a gaming podcast, I think this is a sign of there are major shifts going on in the game industry right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that a lot of these companies staffed up heavily during COVID because everybody was playing games because they couldn't do mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. And now they're kind of course correcting and that course correcting is, is pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know. I feel like every week for like the past month, we're talking about at least two studios laying people off and it just sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Epic Games last week, and they laid off, was it 17% or something mm-hmm. of yeah. their staff, which was about 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you're that big, you know, 17% doesn't sound much until you're that big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a significant number of people losing jobs. And they're in North Carolina, I think I, was, I think it is. So yeah. it's not like there's a huge game industry there. So you're talking about people maybe having to relocate to find work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little harder than if you lose your job, maybe in Southern California. Right. Yeah. Um, so th- this story has come out. Bungie's former HR manager, um, a woman by the name of Ingrid Alm, I uh, assume that's how you pronounce the last name, um, is suing them for wrongful termination after speaking up for a black employee. Now mm-hmm. this is her her statement about what happened and everything, but she claims that a, a black employee at Bungie um, said that they were being, um, d- they felt like they were being discriminated against. Um, they um, went to her as the HR manager. She then went to their supervisor and said, hey, you know, this is the only black employee here in this group and this person says they feel like they're being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Um, they apparently just kind of blew her off entirely in response mm-hmm. to um, to which the um, the manager over this employee apparently then came back and was like, "Well, maybe we should just fire this person and get rid of them." Because um, that's not discriminating against right. them at all. <laughs> So she apparently then went to the person in charge of 
diversity and inclusion at Bungie mm-hmm. and reported the situation to which they said, they went to the manager and said, hey, maybe instead of firing this person, you should just give them a written warning about mm-hmm. unsatisfactory work, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is going to look really bad for us if you fire this person. Yeah. And given like the track record here, um, at which point they apparently also wrote up a warning to uh, to this HR manager, Ingrid Alm, um, and then told her that um, as part of this warning was like, hey, you know, your job might be on the way out. You maybe should start looking for another job. Wow. And then apparently uh, locked her out of the systems, you know, like HR software and everything that you get into um, and told her, thank you for resigning. Wow. Wow. Now, again, this is her version of events. Um, But apparently this all happened after IGN published a report about discriminatory practices within mm-hmm. Bungie. Mm-hmm. So apparently that was the catalyst that led to this person speaking up and to mm-hmm. Ingrid responding and mm-hmm. everything. Again, this is their version. You know, this is one-sided and everything that we're hearing right now. Uh, Bungie has not released any statements in response to this. Um, I will note that part of the reason companies don't really uh, offer a response when journalists reach out often is for legal reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they have lawyers telling them do not comment on this Yeah, uh, without at least running it through us first. Um, but this fits a track record, mm. right? That obviously with the reporting on this, but also with a lot of these companies that we've seen, we've seen this with uh, Activision. We've seen this with Nintendo mm. people, uh, particularly people of minority groups, whether that's racial or women or, you know, LGBTQ or whatever the group may be, um, feeling like they're being excluded, if not outright discriminated against mm-hmm. in game yeah. development. Mm-hmm. Well, like speaking as someone who has not worked in games, but has had her boss tell her that it would be, this is not something that happened in the recent past. I just want to clarify mm-hmm. Didn't happen here, not in the recent past, but I did. Oh, Shelby, how dare you? <laughs> but I did. I did have a boss where there was a conflict, and my boss looked me in the eye and told me, "If you can't do this job, it would be better for you to make that decision than for me to make it, wouldn't it?" Mm-hmm. And so, like, again. Not not having experience with working in the game industry, but having that experience, that it just uh, everything about this makes yeah. my blood boil and turn to ice at the same time. <laughs> well, it's also just like yeah, the gaming industry definitely has a history of this like GamerGate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole thing began with a lot of like small instances of this, mm-hmm. and then of course you have like folks. Uh, Turning on, oh, what was her name that had the... Anita Sarkistine? Yes, yes. Um, and, yeah, it just... Like, it's it's really difficult, like, because I... So so many, like, marginalized folks play games as, like, a as, mm-hmm. as an outlet, as mm-hmm. a way to, like, 
deal with some of the the mm-hmm. things that they they go through and so to then have like that industry be then the the catalyst for some of these issues like that like it really it's disheartening yeah i think that's interesting when you say a lot of traditionally marginalized people find a home in games Mm -hmm. right because games are this sort of all right tell your own story yes exactly right like some some kid who is trans who is terrified to come out as trans to the people in their life can play as a character of the opposite gender and no one bats an eye right yeah you know um yeah so it doesn't even have to be a game that features you know the representation of a marginalized group right mm-hmm. oftentimes people sort of find that within the mm-hmm. game or they project mm-hmm. that into the game right like and um so often those people then move into the game industry right because mm-hmm. of that love and um you know like i'm always kind of amazed like growing up the people covering video games like from a journalistic perspective were always like white men mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like there were almost no sure. women there were almost no minorities there were almost you know if there was a minority it was asian usually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there was you know certainly no openly uh queer people um you know not openly like to the public and they mm-hmm. might have been to uh their co-workers and everything um and that has so radically shifted mm-hmm. just really over the last decade or so where you know you see I, I would almost argue disproportionately you see like um, uh, trans people uh, mm. represented mm-hmm. in games, media, and everything. And I, I always hate to say disproportionately because I don't actually know and I, I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad thing. It's not. Mm. But like you see a lot of people like kind of moving to that and everything. Mm. And, um, you know, when you see stories like this, you're like, okay, yeah, there's not a, a long history of a lot of black game developers, and this is probably why. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this with women before, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a reason women aren't working in game development a lot of times, despite some of the most groundbreaking games in history, like, you know, King's Quest and River Raid and, like, all these others, you know, Portal being developed by women. Mm-hmm. So. But garbage like this keeps mm-hmm. freaking happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I think this is a good argument for why that needs to continue to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously we'll see what develops of this and everything. There's a lawsuit. We'll see how that gets handled and everything. Oftentimes lawsuits of this nature get settled out of court because mm-hmm. that's easier on the company. Bungie is now owned by um, uh, Sony. So mm-hmm. it might just be easier to settle this. We may never get real answers. Um, let's see. We all laughed at the PlayStation portal, and Sony may be getting the last laugh here because it is selling out in Japan. Mm. How, how do they have that kind of money? That's what <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> like the Japanese people in yeah. general? Yeah. Like how do you just everything about this? Everything about the PlayStation Portal makes me mm-hmm. baffled. I, I think what's really gets me is, right, so at one point they were like, well, you can't actually use this outside of your house. I think they've since clarified you can. So you could come to work and you just have to have a Wi-Fi connection. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in Japan, like, 
homes tend to be smaller is mm. my understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the reasons they don't like really big game consoles. They like small game consoles and often like traditionally when they would bring them to the U S they'd make them bigger because we're stupid and we think everything <laughs> needs to be big. Mm. Um, you know? And so like thinking about this, if, if you don't have a big home, this device makes even less sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like if you're living in a, an apartment in Tokyo, this thing feels like it makes less sense to mm-hmm. me, mm. but maybe I'm maybe I'm just misunderstanding like how they're using it. Um, I don't know if this is a lot of people buying this and taking it to work, mm. and mm-hmm. you know streaming uh, at work. And I, I don't know. Yeah. So I uh, I'm thinking about this, and I got a whole new switch and a card to try and play Mortal Kombat on Switch. <laughs> And part of what I was thinking here is that I could just do that with the Switch rather than buying this PlayStation Portal thing. But now the reason I got it on the Switch rather than the PlayStation 5 is because the television that we use, like, I don't always have a lot of time to be able to use that television. And I could have gotten Mortal Kombat 1 on the PlayStation 5 and had a PlayStation Portal to play it. So I I still, the the price point is still a little too high for me, but I understand it a little more than when we first talked about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think Mario said, you know, he made the same argument. Like, he mm-hmm. could understand it, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just don't know how big that user base mm-hmm. for that particular situation you're talking yeah. about, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know I've heard some people with kids say, mm-hmm. well, I can't take the TV because the mm-hmm. kids want to watch Bluey or whatever mm-hmm. they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, this lets me sit in the room with them and play a game. Mm-hmm. Justin, the biggest thing wrong with that statement is thinking that the adults are not also watching Bluey. <laughs> true that's, that's probably true but um you know i i completely get that from that perspective right um so but i don't know how big of a an audience that is to like actually make this thing successful and obviously well, and like we said it was way more expensive than it had any right to be yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, <laughs> i mean it, it's a very nice piece of hardware but mm-hmm. it's just streaming right like it doesn't do Mm -hmm. anything else so um but hey um you know egg on our face at least for the japanese market (laughs) (laughs) um let's see april 2024 that is the dead date uh for the 3ds and wii u online um (laughs) and starting next april your 3ds and wii u online games will no longer work I, I really liked the Wii U. <laughs> it was like, I, I was kind of sad that they didn't do more for marketing for that particular console because I mm-hmm. liked it way more than the Wii, actually. Um, so it, it kind of makes me sad. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I, I left my Wii U back in Boise, but um, yeah, it's still, oh. <laughs> I think the Wii U has sort of gotten this reevaluation mm-hmm. in the last few years as they've ported a lot of its best games over to the Switch. And mm-hmm. so you start getting like Super Mario 3D World yes. and Pikmin 3 and like all these games. And people are like, wait, there were really good yeah. games on this system. Yeah. 3D World was amazing. I loved that game. I forgot that Pikmin 3 was uh-huh. Wii U. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bayonetta 2. Um, was uh, an exclusive for the Wii U um, when it came out, and they ported over Bayonetta mm-hmm. 1 as well. Um, I mean, there's all these games. You know, Mario Kart 8, which I is the sp- yep. biggest-selling mm-hmm. game in the world, 
Like yep. that was a Wii U game. They just ported it over and said yep. it's deluxe now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say they added like where you could have an extra item and that was basically the mm. difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they included the DLC in the deluxe yes. version. Yes. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good games. Super Mario Maker, the original, yes. still the best mm-hmm. of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that... Yeah, I, I think that system has been reevaluated as people start looking back and going, wait, all these ports coming over were originally Wii U games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and technically, so was uh, Breath of the Wild. Yep. So, oh. I, I mean, it, it released at the same time across both platforms. Oh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. See, Wii U, better system than you think it was. Yeah. <laughs> and Super Smash 4, too. Yep. Mm hmm. I'd say, and Wii U probably had better graphics than Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it, it would really be hard, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so more, some more, more negative news. I really didn't mean to uh, load this up with negative news. Um, former Ubisoft ex- executives have been detained by police in France as part of a sexual assault investigation. Um I really include this because we have talked about Ubisoft in the past and Ubisoft's apparently like just horrendous culture, uh, particularly with their executives. I feel like after, after things settled around Blizzard, Ubisoft rose up as the, the new demon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like we, we used to have the horror theme for every time we talked about blizzard mm-hmm. now we have now we have it for every time we talk about ubisoft mm. yeah and you know ubisoft they've had several high profile issues with this particularly it feels like with um sexual misconduct right like more than anything and um i, I think it feels like at this point is this company ever going to get fixed or is this just like the frat house on campus that mm. you warn freshmen women to stay away from mm-hmm. because it is just so institutionalized and does that ever get fixed without somebody, you know, sort of coming in and just breaking down that entire company at this point. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because Ubisoft makes some very good games mm-hmm. and everything and, I'm sure there are lots of very good people there working, um, but certainly some of the people in charge seem to be very, uh, very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is slightly better news, I guess, depending on your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> CD Projekt Red is teaming with Anonymous Content, to, which is a film and television develop studio, um, to develop a live action Cyberpunk 2077 project. They don't say if this is a film or a TV show. They just say that it's live action. So how excited are you for a Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> premium streaming series? You know, at least they can't release it unfinished, right? <laughs> they might find a way. <laughs> I mean, The Mandalorian, they've released episodes with like people in the background that they have to go back and edit the episode <laughs> after it's been released. That's true. <laughs> I spoke too soon. <laughs> so I, I sort of feel like nothing's guaranteed at this point. <laughs> I, I think my question is, do they get Keanu Reeves for this? <gasps> He's in the game. And Idris yeah. Elba as well. Yeah. So, like, there's two kind of big stars 
do you get the two of them into this? Are they cannibals? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've heard Keanu Reeves like across the board is like one of those folks that's like on everybody's nice list. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if he's a cannibal, that just that ruins my life. <laughs> I I don't think Keanu Reeves is a cannibal. Nah. Maybe Keanu Reeves only eats people if they really want it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a favor to them. It's like consensual favor. Yeah. <laughs> or, or he eats other cannibals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Dexter situation. <laughs> How do you? Uh, you know what? No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, I mean, there was that story. I, like, I don't know if you remember. It's been probably 20 years about the German guy who was advertising looking mm-hmm. for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What? Yep. Mm-hmm. They actually. There I'm sorry. What? I yeah. There was Alicia. How do you not know this? <laughs> I guess I'm not up to date on German cannibals. I'm sorry. Well, and there was. I'm sorry. A, mine's from reality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a show on HBO called Room 404 that like did a did a take on it where they like to it. So so Room 404 is about this hotel room that's Room 404 and like uh, Error 404. Kinda yeah yeah and like people like it they had different skits and stuff so it's it was, like an anthology show yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and one of them was uh, these two individuals show up and are talking about like kind of a business exchange and uh, basically one of them wants to eat part of the other one <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, and and so yeah like it, it was based loosely on on this story yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so 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 there was a real life German dude who many was... many people it's not just one <laughs> what. Wait, are, are you saying there are many cannibals or there are many German people? <laughs> Both. <laughs> but in this specific instance, there are many people who try to find other people who want to be eaten yes. or people to eat them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? See, this part about cannibals I do know. Because <laughs> I, I recently found somebody on TikTok who talks about yes. it, and which is why I was so confused. I didn't know about the other cannibals, and I have to ask. <laughs> I thought, I thought OJ was going to say, I recently found somebody on TikTok to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. What has TikTok become? Yeah, I, I, probably. I was going to say, um, I feel like this This is something that if 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 it should exist at all, I use should very lightly here. Yeah. <laughs> but if it should exist at all, it feels like something that should have existed in like mm-hmm. 2008 when people were <laughs> developing weird <laughs> apps and like... <laughs> Who needs FarmersOnly.com when you can get cannibals only? Yeah. Well, it, it's illegal, so yeah. that's the reason there's well, no app for it. So, so there is a, a version legally where you can do it, and so, I, so I, again, I just, I just saw some of this stuff. So there was a guy who it's had to Al- have it's only in Alabama. Yeah, he had to have his foot and part of his leg amputated. And then he messaged his friends, and he was like, "Hey, remember we were saying if there was a way we could ethically try human meat." Well, this is uh, I'm getting oh. this, and then they cooked it up, and him and his friends ate uh, his meat. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is so disturbing. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Well, like I've I've heard before that the one, you know, the yellow Donner jackets is fiction. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Donner Party, you know, the caravan uh, where they got yeah. stranded, and then mm-hmm. the survivor. Talk, who was like open about it later, you know, and like talked about how human flesh tastes like chicken, apparently, mm-hmm. 
and then went on to open a restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I would ever go eat at that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Justin just gave the biggest sigh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for turning into the Saluki uh, Cannibal Cast. <laughs> This is a really weird episode. <laughs> Remember before when we were like, maybe we'll stay on track this time. I feel like you jinxed us. <laughs> you were the one who said it. Well, it's a, Mario brought it up. <laughs> no, you we'll blame it. Mario because he's not here. Yeah. I feel very honored that this is my first episode. <laughs> I, I feel really bad. Like this is your first episode, but you're also a new faculty member here. This is how we initiate you. This is it. This is actually a big goof. Like, <laughs> honestly, this this feels like home. <laughs> Cannibals feel like home? Oh, not too much. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. Let me, let me clarify. I'm no army hammer. <laughs> I think you have at least one cannibal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm wearing a, a spooky yeah. shirt that has, yeah. like, all the killers on it, like. I think that's Leatherface, right? So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's right there. Okay. okay. So, uh, oh, it is. So it is your this. fault. I you did. Did. <laughs> You brought the cannibals into the room. <laughs> All right. You brought the cannibals right. into the room is a good episode <laughs> title. <laughs> Mario will not listen to this episode <laughs> since he sees the title. Mario won't. Ryan won't. Our moms won't. <laughs> this will be the one episode my mom listens to. Like, it'd, be, it'd be my luck. This is the one she's like, what is Justin up to? <laughs> I mean, since this is the only episode I've been on, this is the only episode my mom is And she's coming to visit next week. So. Oh, no. Will Sandy listen to this one? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I feel like somehow I'm responsible for this. <laughs> um, this is not going into my promotion review. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Something, something a little less controversial. And maybe happier, and uh, maybe Alicia, you can talk about this. They released a trailer for, is this? Pokesume. Okay, so that's how I thought maybe you pronounced it. Uh, Pokesume. Uh, this is the live-action Pokemon drama series. <laughs> that is their phrasing, not mine. I was um, also very confused by that phrase when I saw it mm -hmm. at first, to be fair. I was like, are we... Like doing Detective Pikachu movie again, or <laughs> so they did actually release some information about this. The main thank God because the trailer was in Japanese and did not have English subtitles, so I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> uh, the impression I got is you might not even if you'd watch that, <laughs> even if you did know Japanese. Uh, so the lead character is Madoka Agaki, um, is being played by a former uh, pop star, is my understanding, who has transitioned into acting. Um, uh, she graduates college and moves to Tokyo, feels overwhelmed with her new career until her mom mails her her childhood Game Boy with <laughs> Pokemon Red, mm -hmm. which sounds like a good setup for like maybe a movie mm -hmm. or a single episode of a show. Mm -hmm. How this Justin, is going I, to get stretched into an entire show is, is I, I just don't can know. Can I ask you, have, have you ever watched any 
Japanese dramas or sea dra- or Chinese dramas or Korean dramas? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, how many have you watched? Oh, not. I mean, I'm not going to say I've watched a ton, but like, I mean, I, I think my thing is just from a narrative standpoint, how does this, uh, how does this function over a, a long period of time? Or is that even the like, <laughs> having is that even the lot. premise? <laughs> having watched a lot, I will promise you, they will make it stretch out for. <laughs> <laughs> As you say, do you like, does she imagine Pokemon coming out of the game? Or no, no. Like so or? if you watch the trailer, it's she's. She's playing her old mm-hmm. Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like, you know, you have Pikachu running along behind mm-hmm. her. It's the nostalgia of having the game okay. itself. But oh, man. I was thinking, like, they were going to come out of the game. Yeah. You know, like, yeah oh, you have the sads? It's a yeah. Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> Voiced by Charles Marnet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a me, Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> No. Let's go. <laughs> uh, That's why he's retiring. <laughs> no, I mean, I I really think like this is kind of perfect, honestly, <laughs> because you know we just wrapped up this year with Ash and Pikachu's story, and so like getting to bring back that nostalgia of the original Pokemon games. And getting to have, you know, even with, I I love Gen 1. I love Red, Blue, and Yellow. And I fully acknowledge that that is nostalgia classes because those games are held together with duct tape and dreams. <laughs> but, like, getting to have that. And, and I think, like, because one of the things when I watched the trailer, I was like, when is this set? Because... There's one shot where you see another character playing a switch, and I was like, "Wait, uh huh, huh?" Because <laughs> I was assuming this was you know set in the '90s when mm-hmm. the game first came out. But I think it's it's going to be a really fun and really nostalgic, and like getting to go back to you know. Don't get me wrong, I love the convenience of wireless connection, like mm-hmm. being able to trade with people literally anywhere in the world mm-hmm. in Pokemon games. But there also was something really great about you have to be six feet from each other with a, one end of the cable plugged into your Game Boy and the other end plugged into theirs. Like, mm-hmm. But I, this isn't going back to that, right? Because it's no, she's playing, today. But she's playing her Game Boy, her original Game Boy. So, like, she ha- she's doing that. Uh, but, I mean, is she doing that? Yes. Did you watch the trailer? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like... She's she's literally doing that. She's playing it on. She's playing Pokemon Red on her original Game Boy. Yes, I know that part. But like you're talking about, like swapping, like using the yeah. infrared or the the um, the link cable and stuff. Yeah. So there's a there's a moment in the trailer where you see she's got the Game Boy there. She's got the link cable hooked up. Okay. Like <laughs> I, I guess I just don't get how this is going to be like a series. So like Christine, when you say like. Is she going to be imagining like the Pokemon into her life, right? Like that makes a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the sort of fantastical way that you tap into that nostalgia and bring it into a show. This very much looks like it's the office and Pam's mom sends her her Game Boy. (laughs) No. And like she's going to play she's gonna play the Game Boy. That is not the vibe I got at all. Okay. (laughs) That's fine. 
Alicia, that's fine that you didn't get that vibe. No, I'm I, telling you my reaction to yeah, that. But well, my reaction's not wrong. Okay, no. other people can have different reactions. So that's very much how this like kind of comes off. Like mm-hmm. and like just thinking it from a narrative standpoint, like that seems difficult to like carry over. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will. And maybe it'll be like fantastic and everything. Like, but like just looking at it, like the setup doesn't, you know, the setup's not grabbing me at the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. But Alicia, it obviously is grabbing you. So well, I think, I think, I guess I, I, I see the setup and I think of it as it's, you know, it's mostly going to be about her, you know, dealing with her new career and all that, like the the stuff with Pokemon is gonna be part of her character. It's not gonna be, I, you know, it's like the primary driving. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not gonna be okay. This episode, she's gonna beat Brock, and this episode, she's gonna beat Misty. It's gonna be she's dealing with stuff in her career, and mm-hmm. you know, okay, you're stressed out at the end of the day. You go home and play Pokemon, and you remember how great it is. Mm. Yeah, I, and like I said, I think that makes a lot of sense for like a movie. Just like stretch it over mm-hmm. a series, it seems like it'll be difficult, but like maybe they'll pull it off and it'll be it's, really cool. It's kind of hard to, to tell until you have more information, I think, mm-hmm. on the main character to see like mm-hmm. what types of things she is going through. Right. Because it's like um, like kind of going through the nostalgia of, of of playing Pokemon after a stressful situation, mm-hmm. like how many of those stressful situations will they put her in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think is what what will determine whether or not it's a series versus I think um, like a like a one off show or, right. or or a movie or something like that. Well, and the the other thing is too most you know a lot of like Japanese and Chinese and Korean dramas are one season. You know, yeah. they're not going to try to stretch this over yeah. five seasons. It's going to be yeah. 20 episodes. Yeah, more the they're... British sort of setup of we're mm-hmm. going to do one or two seasons tops. And yeah. Right. Yeah. On. I mean, yeah. even The Office. I mentioned The Office. The Office is two seasons yep. in the original yeah. British yep. version. Because I, I do agree. I don't I don't think that you could make this into like a, a U.S. series mm-hmm. where yes. it's seven seasons. and. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she went through like every Pokemon generation, every generation. <laughs> yeah. each generation is a new season. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you you could do yeah the reply yeah. series jumps years and mm-hmm. does the stuff like it's that. It's like but. is each situation based on a Pokemon? Like <laughs> she go through a period of time where she also cannot get out of bed, and then she like, finds a Snorlax, <laughs> yeah. and they become besties. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, so her neighbor pl- her neighbor plays a whistle, and she- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think. So, like, I could see that, right? Like, is this going to be Carrie writing her article at mm. the end of each Sex in the City yeah. episode, right? Mm. Is this her, like, mm. using that as, like, a metaphor for how she mm-hmm. deals with things? Right. Like, and then it becomes, like, this isn't really a Pokemon series. Mm-hmm. Pokemon is part of this. Which is, yeah, what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, um, that, that could entirely, like, work that way, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think them pitching it right like in this and everything and the pokemon company sort of pitching as a pokemon series um is maybe maybe misleading but like again we'll see right yeah it it feels like it's a pokey fan series Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 about her relationship with the series they're banking on the nostalgia to Mm -hmm. to 
to get people to watch it for like either mm-hmm. a season mm-hmm. or a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that like turns out and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume we'll get like a, a subtitled release mm-hmm. at least. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if, even if they don't do anything official, they'll, they'll be subtitles. Mm-hmm. Somebody will. Yeah. Make, <laughs> modify yeah. it. Yeah. Fan subs will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. iRacing has acquired the ni- the NASCAR license to develop a console game starting for 2025. Um, if you don't know, iRacing makes very, very um, super detailed simulation racing games. Oh. Um, so, like, very much more authentic than even, like, Forza or Gran mm-hmm. Turismo. Um, these are, like, people who in their home have the full, like, set up with a steering wheel and the pedals and everything are playing iRacing. Um, And so them getting a license, but they, then they say it's for consoles. So I I don't really know. Right. Like, yeah, Yeah, that's, it's kind of a different market when you start thinking of consoles. Mm -hmm. Um, Consoles aren't really known for super hardcore simulations. Right. Um, So iRacing is an Apple product, I'm assuming. No. No? Okay. I think it, it sounds like it would be. Yeah. No. Um, I think it was just riding off of that. You remember when yeah. everybody was naming every product I? I. Yeah. Okay. In the wake of the iPod. Yeah. Well, because I, I was just wondering because, like, with Apple saying, hey, our next phone is going to be the best console there is, I was like, maybe that's, that's <laughs> that was where this was coming from. But, okay, no, I get I I remember when everything was I. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Maybe you can play this on the iPhone. I'm uh-huh. sure. I'm sure you can play it on Mac, uh, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that like everything's on Mac. It's absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but um, I just thought this was kind of neat uh, because I really liked the original game. Uh, Boy and His Blob Collection is coming out. Uh, this <laughs> contains the original NES and Game Boy games. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are different games. Um, and this is coming to Switch and PS4 and PS5 um, soon, I think in the in the next few weeks. Um, it's $10. It's just those two games. It's not including the um, the one that they put out like in 2012. They made mm-hmm. a new one. Um, but that has been mm-hmm. an HD version of that. It's currently mm-hmm. available on mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. consoles, so you can get that separately. Mm-hmm. Um a Boy in His Blob is made by the creator of Pitfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that. is a David Crane. Uh, it's, a, it's a really weird game. Um, <laughs> you are a boy. You have a blob. <laughs> what? And you can make it transform into different things by feeding it jelly beans. And the <laughs> flavor of jelly bean you mm-hmm. feed it, it determines what it changes into. Mm-hmm. And there's like these puns at work based on the flavor of the jelly bean. Um, so it's a really a lot of experimentation as you kind of this open world environment that you have to explore using the blob. And like it was notable at the time because you could, you know, use up all your jelly beans and then you were just stuck and you had to reset the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but it was also really cool at the time because yeah. it just kind of played differently than mm-hmm. anything else that was yeah. out there. And obviously the blob is very charming because, you know, <laughs> Um, Who doesn't want to be changed by jelly beans? (laughs) Well, he looks like a giant marshmallow, and you're feeding him jelly beans, which as a kid, what's better than that? (laughs) Um, 
So, you know, that's a good game. Um, I never played the Game Boy version, so I don't really know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know how easy those games would be to go back to yeah. now. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're rough. When I tried to play a re- the original Boy's Blob on the NES on the emulator, it was it was rough. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yes. <laughs> that game was rough at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't have any of the sort of conveniences we, I mm-hmm. think, associate with games today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The last thing here is Lego Animal Crossing sets are coming in March of next year. I don't know. Do any of you buy I, the uh, video game Lego stuff? Uh, well, uh, a friend of mine did, and I ended up like putting together half of it when, <laughs> when, when he was away. And so, yeah, I saw this on the list, and I told Alicia, I was like, I hate that I'm going to spend money. On <laughs> <laughs> so I have to ask, like, which one did you put together? Um, the one that was the... Like the question cube, and, oh, okay. but it was uh, the the Mario sixty four one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the one where it kind of like splits apart and yes. it's a playset. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and like one of them is like like Bowser. You can really spin him around, <laughs> like like in all of the boss fights in that one. And there's the 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 penguin slide in one part. Yeah, I he had bought that set and he had spent a lot of money on it. I was like, oh, I would never <laughs> spend that much money. And as soon as he walked out of the room, I'm like, I'm gonna put together. <laughs> <laughs> so so now that uh, I I am here and I have an adult job <laughs> and I can afford uh, toys, I'm going to <laughs> I'm probably well, going to get one of these. So, uh, one of my partners is a big Lego Lego person, and so we have the NES with like a mm. TV on it, and it's a little kind of interactive. Oh, yeah. that's so um, cool. And also oh, yeah. like the big giraffe type thing from Horizon. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have one of those, and I think we have another one too. I can't remember. I think he has a Pokemon one somewhere. I know yeah, I bought sorry, him a, you have a, a giraffe and I have a, they have a giraffe thing and I haven't seen a picture. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's a far cry from a giraffe, <laughs> but it's a it's it's an animal that has a long neck. <laughs> but that's that's the, as close as it comes to giraffe. Okay, it's a robot giraffe basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, haven't seen a picture. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. Um, yeah, and then. So we have we have some of them. Uh, he doesn't like Animal Crossing, but he loves Lego. So we'll see if we get these or not. <laughs> I will say they put out a trailer that doesn't actually show the sets, but shows the little minifigures. Okay. And like I, I do like actually really like the minifigures. The I would, minifigs look so cute. I would just buy those. Like I don't care anything about the set because it's going to be too much more money than I want to spend. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the same reason. Like, I really want the Atari 2600 one, uh-huh. oh, but it's yeah. like $250, yeah. which yeah. I'm like, I could buy like a whole game console for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. difficult yeah. to justify mm-hmm. that. But I do have the, um, I may have mentioned this before, I have the Seinfeld uh-huh. set yeah. where it's like the set and it has the lighting and everything mm-hmm. up on it and everything. And I'm like, how much Seinfeld merchandise gets actually made? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I will yeah. buy this because I think it's really cool. <laughs> I think we have that too, maybe, or we were gonna get it. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. They they've done ones for different shows. Mm-hmm. They did Friends and yeah. The Office, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure there's a Doctor Who set. Last Johnny, at there least has to be, one, yeah. <laughs> at least one. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Craig. He's he loves Legos. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Well, they're just the perfect gift for the two of them. Yeah, isn't <laughs> it? Right. Doctor Who and Lego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Yeah, so I mean that's neat. Um, obviously, we've talked about Nintendo saying they're an entertainment company now instead of mm-hmm. just a video game company, yeah. and this is what they're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, Nintendo is going to be leaning more and more into this sort of stuff. I mean, Nintendo's always been mm-hmm. big into merchandise, yeah. but they certainly have leaned into it a lot mm-hmm. over the last five or so years. Okay. All right, that does it for news. That brings us to our big question of the week, and it is World Smile Day, which is, you know, more dentist propaganda for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so the question is, which video game character can always bring a smile to your face? So we all have favorite video game characters, but sometimes there's that character that just seeing them, like you get a big grin on your face because for whatever variety of different reasons. Um, so OJ, why don't we start with you? Which video game character always brings a smile to your face? All right. So I'm going to answer for Ryan quick and say Waluigi. For me myself, I just I again remembering it as I'm playing through it. Bayonetta, I just love Bayonetta so uh, much. Yeah. She is she just is a... fantastic, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yes, Queen, yes. stomp them to death with your hair boot. <laughs> yes. Right. So uh I just love everything about her. I love a character having like a woman just embracing her sexiness and sexuality yep. and like not for men, but for just for, because. Yeah. Just because, mm-hmm. and I for death just, and destruction, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to kill a bunch of old men who, yeah. who really tried to kill all of her her people, right? So, um, just absolutely love it. Um, also, I have uh, the fact that she's fighting angels uh, mm. and, and demons too is because a lot of my religious trauma. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, yes, I am beating up this weird creepy angel. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, Japan gets away with that. Much easier than U.S. developers. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, but just love everything about Bayonetta, except for the game itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the secret to every video game is to dethrone God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. yes. Uh, it's amazing how many Japanese games that is the plot. <laughs> There's actually a video yeah. essay that's like 45 minutes long that I, it keeps popping up in my recommended that's like, why does every JRPG end with you killing God? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, my, and like, so uh, Mario had bought me a Bayonetta sticker, and I'm just waiting to get a new laptop to put it on, too. Because I was like, I want to put it on my laptop, but I have to wait because this one, the one that I have right now is on its last legs in a minute. So, But I'm very excited that I have a Bayonetta sticker to put on. Okay. And then that'll bring you, like, a smile every time yes. you look at your laptop. Yes. Yeah. yes. Which, while you're writing your dissertation, oh. you know, is quite the achievement. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Alicia, what about you? What, which video game character always brings a smile to your face? You are not allowed to answer any black hedgehogs. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even on my list, actually. No, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of game characters that bring a smile to my face, but let's let's be real here. There's there's one who is more powerful than my depression and my anxiety combined. <laughs> And it's got to be Kirby. Aww. You know, like, just the best, the absolute best. 
You know, Speaking of marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's simple enough. Even like me not being artistically inclined at all, I can draw him. I literally drew him here on my sheet. <laughs> um, he's just, you know, there's a really great video. There's a, ch- there's a YouTube channel called Designing For, and they kind of do deep dives into specific mm-hmm. characters and their design and all that. And they have a video on Kirby being designed for friendship. Mm-hmm. And really kind of talking about, you know, if you get into the lore of, of the Kirby games, like, <laughs> talk about talk about killing gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kirby lore can, can go so dark. That is the post of the last game, the 3D game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forgotten Land. Yeah. The title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, but you don't have to go into that if you don't want to. Because mm-hmm. Kirby... <laughs> Kirby, at the end of the day, wants everybody to be friends and yeah. everybody to be happy and just have a piece of cheesecake. And, like, I just... Th- there, there is no more pure character than Kirby. It's more like a, a benevolent god rather than a vengeful god. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He is exactly that. And... He just you know, wants you to think he's benevolent. <laughs> <laughs> when he finally turns on you and, like, eats you. <laughs> I mean, You look, chose the ultimate cannibal. Yeah, yeah you say we have to accept that Kirby's cannibal. And now <laughs> the episode has come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but, like, the, you know, I... I listen to video game music to keep focused and everything. Aww. And there's videos that are, you know, 45 minutes of Kirby music to cure your depression. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm, and they're the most wholesome space on the internet. <laughs> best character, best everything, <laughs> best cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Dexter cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> he is Nintendo's like, it, he's become like a, a unique sort of mascot within Nintendo, right? Because mm-hmm. Mario, Mario, like, you know, of course, Sonic came along and the way they countered uh, Mario was to say, look, Sonic has attitude, right? Like, that's how sort of bland (laughs) Mario was. But, like, Kirby is, well, Mario's maybe a little too edgy. Let's have the, like, character that's super friendly to everyone. The most wholesome character in existence. (laughs) Babies can like uh, Kirby, right? Because Kirby is a baby. Unless you get on his bad side, then he eats you. (laughs) (laughs) But even they've confirmed that, like, when when he does that, that he later spits him back out. Mm. So, like, no one ever, he doesn't ever actually kill anybody. Yeah. You, you tell that to me. Like I talked about earlier that my sister and I would play Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. She would eat me and then poop me off the side of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, that's Yoshi. <laughs> that's a Yoshi thing, not a Kirby thing. Okay. <laughs> I do feel like that's a, a completely valid strategy. <laughs> At the time, I didn't think so. Because yeah. there were dishes that were on the line. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Um, Christina, how about you? Uh, for me, I was thinking about, um, every Fall Guys outfit I've ever seen (laughs) makes me the most happy. (laughs) I think it's because that game is just supposed to be like you being stupid and, 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 you know, just kind of throwing yourself out there almost like, um, 
Oh, what is that show that um, that's based off the like the old Japanese shows that uh, Wipeout? Wipeout, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like basically the the video game version of Wipeout. To me. <laughs> yeah, and or so, Takashi's Castle. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and so it's like every time I I see a different outfit, it's so lovely. That and um, the new show that are the new video game that I've been watching where you're the animals. And it's like, it's kind of hard to control. Party animals? Party animals. That's what it is. I I was like, animal wars? No, that's (laughs) not right. Um, uh, For that, for me, for that one, like the the Fall Guys ones, they're so funny, right? And the fact that they like run into everything and they're just meant to be ridiculous. With the party animals, it's like, it's hard to control them because they're so wiggly. And for some reason, like that... um, the, the fact that the physics don't work quite right just make me uh, make <laughs> it's frustrating to operate, but so funny to watch yeah. and make me smile like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So party animals is uh, sort of aping uh, gang beast. If you, mm. if you've ever seen or played gang beast and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's cool to see like somebody come along and say, Hey, we're going to make another one of those Yeah, yeah, yeah. in that style and everything. And it, it looks fantastic. I've had a chance to play it yet. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a multiplayer party game. Exactly. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it either, but I've watched quite a bit of it on like, you know, YouTube and Twitch and stuff. And it, it, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, my answer is one that I go to sometimes. Uh, it's Karnov. I love Karnov. Um, Karnov is the um, started out a villain. He was a Russian strong man, and he, if you play uh, bad dudes, um, where um, you know the president has been kidnapped by ninjas, are you a bad enough dude to rescue him? <laughs> That is the best video game summary I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is literally the opening of the game. That's what it tells you. That is beautiful. Um, you know, it was the 80s. <laughs> and, and so anyways, he's a villain in that game. Eventually, they, like, give him his own game, and he, like, breathes fire. Um, and he's just he's this bald, like, fat Russian guy, and... He is ridiculous looking, and the fact that they keep bringing him back, so he shows up in, like, games every once in a while. Like, he'll be a character in a fighting game sometimes. Um, what is it? Fighter's History, I think, is the game, the fighting game that he's he's in. And every time I see him, I'm like, yay, Karnov. Like, <laughs> people remember Karnov. He hasn't been forgotten. <laughs> and, like, what a weird character to be a hero. Like, at a time... You know, at a time when video game characters all kind of had that 80s, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, action hero look to them and everything, mm-hmm. like, to make Karnov the hero of a game and, like, to continue to bring that back, it just feels like a big joke. <laughs> it feels like everybody's, like, this big goof on this character, and every time they do it, I'm like, this character is fantastic. Yes, keep bringing him back. <laughs> um, I, I feel, yeah, I feel this... Ac- this like akinness to Karnov in the same way that I feel like with uh, characters like Birdo. Like mm-hmm. every time they bring Birdo back, I'm like, yay, Birdo. <laughs> <laughs> like you're so weird, Birdo. But we, we all love you for it. Yes. <laughs> please, please bring Birdo back as many times as possible. Um, so every time Birdo shows up in like Mario Kart or something, I'm like, this is fantastic. Well done, <laughs> Nintendo. Um, 
So uh, that does it for this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody um, who is listening. Obviously, you can check out more at SalukiGames.com, but also thank you to uh, my co-host for this week. So thank you, Alicia, OJ, and especially Christina. Um, you survived your first episode. Yay! Uh. Through the cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's really impressive you survived with all the cannibals in the room. <laughs> I brought them into the room. Yeah. <laughs> It's really her fault. Like we, we have to blame her. She's the new person. Um, if you are a cannibal, send your hate mail to justin.young. <laughs> no, please, please don't tell them how to get in touch with you. <laughs> I'm pretty, it's okay. We're not in Germany. <laughs> I'm pretty open and accepting of most people. Cannibals, I feel like, is where I draw the line. <laughs> I don't want to associate with your kind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very illiberal of me, but <laughs> uh, Kirby is going to be angry at you. <laughs> you better watch out. Uh, he'll just bounce against me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, that does it for this week's episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Bye.